listen to many different classes, and they talk about Krishna in Vrindavan mm-hmm. and all the things he does. Now, being new to all of this, is this his Vrindavan is the spiritual Vrindavan, correct? I I get confused when I'm listening. Uh, what's Leela's? His his Leela's. They take they take place in a spiritual or what I guess you could call his heaven or our heaven. Uh huh. Um, I you know, like a little clarification when I listen to certain swamis. A lot of it's way, way beyond my knowledge, uh, and they're a little more difficult to understand. I found listening to you, I can understand you a lot better than I can some of the other ones. Hmm. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Simple question. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> So the question a little bit is about Vrindavan as spiritual domain and regarding, well, the scriptures describe Krishna performing different uh, pastimes, divine play, and, uh, well, there is, of course, it's a big topic, as you may imagine, and as you also presented in the question, uh, you expect from me a, a user-friendly answer to a not-so-user-friendly concept. I mean, very friendly, but complex. <laughs> because you know, there are different types of lilas. You know, we could speak in terms of prakat, aprakat, lila. I don't know if you have heard, heard about such distinction you know, in terms of, for example, Gokul and Golok, different... Uh, manifestations of the, the heaven, if you will, this realm of Krishna. Uh, no, when, when, when on one side we have this, what is called aprakat. Aprakat lila means uh, the aprakat means unmanifest. Unmanifest means beyond uh, the perceptions of the ones over here, if you will. <laughs> and prakat means when that unmanifest realm appears on earth and the ones who are on earth at that time can uh, somehow or other have a glimpse of Krishna Lila which doesn't mean that all of them are perceiving Krishna Lila with the same eyes but the ones who are there can see that in front of their senses if you will it's manifest Uh, so on one side we have that and we have this idea of um, Golok and Gokul. Golok connected to the Aprakat and Gokul to the Prakat. No name of Vrindavan on earth, Bhoma Vrindavan sometimes it's called. It's called Gokul and Golok sometimes it's referred to the Aprakat. But sometimes the names are also used for the other ones, so I don't want to confuse you. But mainly there are, those are the main names. And in different scriptures we find different, uh, if you will, presentations of these Lilas. For example, if you go to the Srimad Bhagavatam, mainly you will find there the Prakat Lila. When 5,000 years ago Krishna appeared on earth, the very 10th canto starts with this idea, no? Bhumi going to Brahma and Brahma going to Vishnu and asking for relief. So Vishnu says, yes, I will descend. No? I will descend implies avatar, if you will, divine descent from up to down. So Bhagavatam mainly depicts, portrays this earthly lila. And on the other side we have uh, scriptures like Gopal Shampu, which basically uh, speak about the earthly lila, but from the Aprakat lila. It's interesting uh, narrative there, no? because all the inhabitants of Golok Vrindavan in the Aprakat lila are hearing about What's going on in the Prakat Lila here on Earth? What's go What's going on with them <laughs> here? Something like that. 
So again, you see, it's not, it's a very nuanced topic. But I think the main point of the answer will be that we shouldn't conceive all of these places in, in a geographical sense. Because sometimes we start to conceive, okay, so Golok Vrindavan is up there, and Gokul is down here, and spiritual world is above my head, or, no, we start to, to, to think in terms of three dimensions, because that's what generally we know of in this dimension. But it is explained that, as Srila Maharaj said very nicely, he said, Vrindavan is a state of consciousness. So, wherever that state of consciousness called Vrindavan is, that's Vrindavan. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's, of course, we find the main example of this in the figure of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna himself, absorbed, if you will, in the consciousness, in Krishna consciousness, Krishna Chaitanya, but especially in the mood of Radha, who is Vrindavan Eshwari. So she's he's for sure in, in Vrindavan because he's in the mood of Sri Radha, who is the queen of Vrindavan. So it is said that about him, Moraman Vrindavan. No, it is said that when Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas, he wanted to run to Vrindavan immediately, trying to to show to the world what devotional sannyas should be about. No? Go to Vrindavan in the substantial sense, not just buy a ticket and take the plane to Vrindavan and I'm very Paka Sanyas. No. But try to absorb in that mentality. And the devotees, they were in Katwa when Mahaprabhu accepted Sanyas. Katwa is not very close to Vrindavan. It's closer to Bengal. So Mahaprabhu wanted to run to Vrindavan and the devotees say, okay, we'll make the arrangements. And they put him in a boat and they started to say to him, okay, we are uh, going to Vrindavan. This is the Jamuna, they pointed, they pointed to the Ganges, <laughs> and they said, this is the Jamuna, uh, and you see, uh, 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 far there, there's some sand dune that's Govardhan, so we are getting close and getting close, <laughs> but actually they were taking them, him to Santipur, which was Advaita Charya's place, uh, and they, all the devotees were waiting for him there, because they knew Nimai Pandit has become Sri Krishna Chaitanya, so big festival was there, Sachimata was there, and many other associates, Navadvip associates who knew he won't return anymore to Navadvip. Most probably we will we won't see him any we won't see him anymore ever. So they wanted to have this last darshan of Mahaprabhu. So all the associates can take took Mahaprabhu to Shantipur. So eventually, when he comes and realizes, he comes to external consciousness, if you will, and realizes. Oh, I'm not in Vrindavan, you cheated me. And, uh, and Advaita Charya said to him, you know, she started to chuckle and say, you must be kidding because whenever you are, that's Vrindavan. More man Vrindavan. He said this line, your mind is Vrindavan. So wherever your mind is, you are there. And we, when we say mind, we imply emotions because emotions express through our mind. So, uh, that's what why Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Jam Jam Bapish Maram Bhavam Tyajantante Kalebaram Tamtami Bhaiti Kauntaya Sadatat Bhava Bhavitaha. So Bhava here, many times the word Bhava in this Gita verse. Generally it is translator, translated as whatever the state of consciousness you have or your mental state at the moment of living this body, you will attain that destination. So Bhava means existence state of existence, but also bhava means emotion. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, whatever you have an emotion for, in the, in, at every moment, you will attain that destiny. Or, in other words, you are already there. <laughs> no? Wherever is your mind, you are already there. Wherever are your emotions, are already, you are already there. I mean, as you know, it is said that half of our brain is rational, half of our brain is emotional, but generally the emotional side, as Guru Maharaj says, wins the, the race. No? When we say, I think I think like this, but I feel something else. Mm -hmm. So, in our Bhakti tradition, the emotion play a, a prominent role, uh, and that culminates in the doctrine of Rasa, which actually speaks about how emotions can consume our t whole 
being an attention in a particular direction. So Sri Chaitanya was totally absorbed in this Vrindavan consciousness. His mind was there, his emotions were, were there, so he was there. So the point regarding where is Vrindavan, <laughs> that's the point. Because, for example, uh, one of the <coughs> main items of of Sri uh, Praganuga Bhakti is you have to live in Vrindavan. And, and Jiva Goswami comments on, on Rupa Goswami's verse. Okay, Braj Bhas, uh, no? Bhas means residence, to reside in Braj in Vrindavan can be physically, this physical residence, or can be mental. Because maybe you cannot be there physically, but you can be there mental at every moment, if you want, if you will like, if you, uh, the potential is there for that. And actually that's sometimes the, the safest, the safest uh, option, as one devotee once said, better to be, instead of being in Vrindavan physically, but mentally somewhere else, Better to be somewhere else physically and mentally in Vrindavan. <laughs> of course, if you can be physically and mentally in Vrindavan, that's another thing. But generally, that's not the case for most. <laughs> so generally, it's better not to be in Vrindavan physically, but mentally somewhere else. Because actually, in that case, you are not in Vrindavan. As Guru Maharaj always quotes this famous example of, of some people, so-called Brajavasis, residents of Vrindavan, who asked Sila Prabhupada, when he was about to leave Vrindavan, <laughs> leave, quote-unquote, Vrindavan, <laughs> to no? come to the Western world, and they say, why are you leaving Vrindavan? So Guru Maharaj points, actually, they were thinking he was leaving Vrindavan, but actually, the ones who were thinking like that, they were not leaving in Vrindavan. No. So there was no question of them leaving Vrindavan, because they were not leaving in Vrindavan. <laughs> no? But they were thinking he is living Vrindavan, but he would say, but actually he was extending Vrindavan to the whole world. So again, Vrindavan is state of consciousness. I remember once I asked Guru Maharaj also, like three, four years ago, Guru Maharaj, do you have some plan to visit Vrindavan again? No? Because last time he was there was like twelve years ago. I had the chance of meeting him first my first time personally there. So I just asked him, and I, I kept I keep asking him, as you know, <laughs> but that's another thing. So and, and he answered very nicely. I said, "So do you plan to visit Vrindavan or the Dam?" I don't remember how presented the question. He said, "I'm quite busy now trying to to recreate the environment, the the, the mood of the Dam here locally where I am. So trying to make it clear the point. I mean." There's no necessity to go there. <laughs> I'm there and I'm trying to make others be there. So whenever we speak here about heaven, go into spiritual world, Golok Vrindavan, Vishnu Dutta's coming, and, and an airplane coming and taking you there, <laughs> etc. Try to remember this point. All the things, all the things occur in terms of, of consciousness. I mean, there's not a plastic metallic airplane coming. It's all made of chit shakti. So everything is going. It's happening in terms of consciousness. Chaitanya Charitamrita says, "Vaikuntara prithiviyadi sakal chinmai." That means from Vaikuntha upwards, from the very first section, if you will, of the spiritual domain to all the different planets that you have in what we call the spiritual world, <laughs> geographically as we may conceive, Chaitanya Charitamrita says, Vaikuntara Prithivyadi Sakalachimo. Even the Prithivi, even the land, the earth, on Vaikuntha, Sakalachimo, is transcendental conscious sub substance. So everything there is made of consciousness. So try to understand that. If you want to travel, I mean, we are traveling. Life is a, is a journey. Journey means you want to reach somewhere. And no matter your state of consciousness, you are always traveling in some direction. Internally speaking, you want to achieve something in your life, not necessarily you are taking a plane, a ship for that, but you want to attain a destiny. And when we say destiny, we imply an emotion, 
a state of consciousness, actually. It's not a physical place. Mm-hmm. So we won't reach Vrindavan in, by train, by ship, by plane, whatever. It's by an adjustment in our... Mm-hmm. the way we perceive reality, actually. No? As Sri Rasemars also say, try to change your angle of vision and eventually you will find yourself, oh, I'm Vrindavan. So now we are just distracted from the proper perspective. So we need Guru Parampara, we need connection with the higher uh, agency. So we may be, we may, re- we may receive a proper vision. So when, when our eyes are tinged uh, with the influence of Swarup Shakti, we will start to see. We will become Tattva Darshins, seers of truth. And you will realize, oh, I'm already there, basically. Now you will realize, Sometimes it is say, okay, the devotee attains a certain level of realization, realization here, and eventually he has to be born again. Uh, whatever Krishna is performing his lila on earth, and from that he will go eventually to Golok Vrindavan. But at that point, the devotee already has friend, divine love. He already reached the goal. So the only thing that is like missing is some. This I don't know if this is the word distilling when you distillation of of the prem that you become it more fine and more polished and more condensed, uh, but you are already in the goal. So everything that goes from there up, it's in terms of prem consciousness, however you like to call it. So, so that's for me the main the main point in, in my answer. No, when we speak about Brindavan or Krishna being in Brindavan, Krishna playing executing certain lilas in Vrindavan uh, it speaks about being uh, yeah, being carried by a, a particular transformation in our consciousness in our perception of reality and you will find, oh, I'm there mm-hmm. so we are in that process now, sadhakas trying to enter into what we may call Vrindavan consciousness so that's the whole process of Raganuga Bhakti Raganuga means to follow the ones who already are there. Are there, I mean, representing eternal state of consciousness, what we call Nitya Siddha. The eternally perfected, existent associates of Krishna who personify the particular uh, emotion. emotion. So by hearing about them, by imbibing their mood, by trying to practice in that particular context, gradually something internally will, I'm being very brief in describing this sequential development, gradually internally something will come and we will find ourselves in our new identity, if you will. That may take some lifetimes, but there's no rush. So <clears throat> so that's how we conceive the idea of hell, heaven or even hell. And it's not only in our land. The other day I was reading some Christian practitioners, they were also speaking in these terms, you know, like, even the Pope nowadays, I was reading, he was conce- con- presenting the idea that heaven and hell actually doesn't have to do with a particular geographical location, but mainly with the state of consciousness. You can be in hell right now if you choose to be envious and to be whatever, <laughs> degraded, and you can be in heaven, if you will. No? It's a very subjective thing. No? If you really have the eyes if your heart, your eyes are not painted, decorated with the salve of love, I mean, you will be seeing something very particular. <laughs> now, that, now, as Guru Maharaj say, we think we see this world, we understand this reality in an objective way, but actually our senses are getting in the way of real perception of the ultimate reality. And that ultimate reality will really be pretty subjective according to our particular like emotional, the emotional wave that may be carrying us. So, I don't know if I have been too simple in regarding to answer the question, <laughs> but my main point very is... Helpful. <laughs> huh? Thank you, you've been very helpful. Because, as, yeah, as Gurmas also says, there are three levels of interpreting scripture in a literal way, interpretative, interpretive way, and esoteric way. So sometimes we may take the literal way in the very basic position and do just understanding that everything is like it is say there and we understand that in three dimensional terms that's Vrindavan and that's the Lila in more physical tell physical terms. But eventually 
you get to the interpretive level. So we say, no, actually this uh, means such and such, this is a symbol for this, this is representing this idea, Krishna killed this demon, which actually represents this anartha, so the killing of the demon speaks about killing some demon inside my heart, and Krishna in the form of the name is doing that. Okay, that's true also, on one level, but on the higher esoteric level, I mean, you are there, you read the Lila, and you really have a feeling for that, and eventually you will come to inhabit those lines, as Guru Mahārāj says. There's one page, blank page in the Bhagavad that is waiting for us to be filled with our own <laughs> testimony of service. So, so that's important thing. And, and another well, last point, with your permission, we speak of Vrindavan. Extension of Vrindavan is what we call Navadvip. Extension of Krishna Lila is what we call Gaur Lila, Mahaprabhu Lila. And Mahaprabhu Lila, Gaur Lila, Sankirtan Lila is an ongoing affair nowadays in the present moment by the grace of Guru Parampara and the Vaishnava. So, in one sense, we are already there. Real humility for us should be to feel, actually, I'm already there. One says, I'm already in the spiritual world. Because I have seen the goal of my life in front of me. I have seen my spiritual master who personifies a type of love for Krishna. And the goal of life is love for Krishna. So if the goal of life is love for Krishna, love for Krishna came into my face in the form of my guru <laughs> and all his gurus in, in the disciplic chain, I mean, I'm already there. Goal of life had came to me. And, well, of course, there are some things to do to, to concrete, to finish the whole uh, issue. But in, in, in one sense, everything is already there and not by my personal merit. That's the humble part. <laughs> but by the grace of that agency that has come to my life, even though I am whatever. So... In one sense, Vrindavan, heaven, spiritual world, is there. No? Every time I put my hands in my beat bag, my the heart of my guru is there. He chanted that mantra in my ear. He threw it. He threw his heart to my heart. So the goal, of, and that's the goal of my life. The the heart of my guru is the goal of my life, <laughs> because there resides a particular love for Krishna. So that's inside my beat bag. Every time I put my hand there. I'm trying. I'm contacting the goal of my life. <laughs> so one, it's nice to feel that that idea. The goal of my life is already there. It's not something. Oh, it's so far, so far. Am I already almost here? Sometimes the devotees get uh, discouraged by thinking in these terms. Also, you have to be careful not thinking I'm already there in Golokrindavan. I have nothing to do. I just jump into the lila. There are some things to do yet. But in one form, spiritual world, Vrindavan, nowadays the goal of our life has come to our life already, it's there. So it's just a matter of learning to to appreciate that and reciprocate with that and when when you want to know it you have been thrown there already <laughs> for eternity. So that's the type of confidence we should have as a sadakas. No, that's the type of humility. Because there is some confidence you are really fixed by that. Already everything has come. It's only a matter of time. Maybe one, two lifetimes. That's not too much. <laughs> Maybe three in some extreme case. <laughs> if we do not commit opera. So, I mean, I, I have to be just celebrating the, the, the grace that has extended to me. And give testimony of that to others. Be careful. And already perceived goal of my life is, has come here. No? And that's another... Uh, possible perspective necessary at least in my consideration so I hope some ideas were clear regarding your question yes very well okay. thank you thank you very good so Smiti you want to ask your question uh, Maharaj um, Bon Appetit Karnamrita <laughs> Bon appetit, Karnamrita Prabhu. <laughs> so I'm reading um, Srila Sridhar Maharaj's book, The Loving Search for the Lost Servant. Mm. And in the very beginning is a quote from the Brihad Bhagavat Tamrita, in which Krishna is saying to Gopakumar, 
Why did you stay away? Why have you been living away from home for so long? How was it possible for you? How could you bear my separation? You left me, and you have been passing lives after lives without me. So, um, just, hmm. I mean, I understand how we did not fall from go, 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 or go, cool up. I, this makes it sound like we did. Is it just a, a translate? I mean, Sanatana Goswami wrote Kriyapadvatamrita, hmm. and is this the way it was translated, or hmm. shed some light on that, please? Yeah. Hmm. Well, <laughs> you already gave the answer in brief words. You have your faith in the proper place and regarding this tattoo, but yes, some words can, could be said. Well, first of all, the book is very, that's a very nice book by Sula Siddhar Maharaj. As you know, he first wrote, I mean, he never wrote anything of that. He just was speaking and the devotees were recording him. And But Sula Siddhar Maharaj has this capacity that he was, he was speaking, but actually it felt like he was writing. You know? Whatever you read, it seems, oh, he wrote this. No, he was just speaking informally. <laughs> And it was just like a whole dissertation, poetically speaking. So the book speaks about Krishna looking for his lost servant. So as you know, before that book, there was another book published that it was In Search of Sri Krishna, Reality the Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. It was nice because the book was published first. Maybe you know the story. And Sudhatsya Maras chose the term no? that this first book, I mean, was not the first of all, but regarding these two, so, okay, in this first book it says, it implies one is looking for Krishna, reality, the beautiful. But Sri Asya was not fully satisfied, say, but we have to, to publish, publish something speaking about how Krishna is looking for us. Because that's a very important part. I mean, actually it's the main part. <laughs> I mean, because our own search is so weak in the very beginning. I mean, if we are searching something at any point now, it's because someone else... Uh, and was in searching of people, lost people like us. So, so there it came. This book, no, the lost, the the the, the search for the lost servant. No? So, um, well, I I do not remember the exact details of the particular section you quoted, and I don't have the we had Bhagavatamrita here at hand to check the the official verse in in the book originally, and even if I may have the verse. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if, if the translation will be fully in in place because I, I, I'm aware of, at least if we speak about the main uh, edition of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita in English, which is the one translated by Gopi Purana Dan Prabhu, uh, he was of the idea that we fall from Vaikuntha. Right. And you will find in some parts of, the, of his edition some reference, maybe that verse is one of the main ones, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe if we go to the original verse for more uh, clarification, we may get more confused, who knows? <laughs> so we should just examine the Sanskrit and, 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 and the words and the meaning of the words, all the things should be done in place, and not just uh, take the, the, the translation and that's all, but of course... Uh, we could say some words regarding even how it is presented there in in, in Srila Siddhar Maharaj's own words. Uh, and, and, and for me, it's not a conflict as it's not for you and hopefully it's not for anyone when, for example, we hear concepts such as home. No? Srila Prabhupada himself published his famous uh, Back to Godhead, no? Back Home, Back to Godhead. That was one of his uh, right. Motus, you say in English? Motus? Yes. So if you say back home, it implies, it, it may imply, as it sounds, you were already there, you left, and you have to return. But actually, first of all, the context of the quote Prabhupada uh, presented was from a uh, publication, He maybe you already know about this, no? some, some, I don't know how to say in English, but some paper that they were distributing in the English ones in India, that it, it was speaking about the idea of anmukha bimukha jivas, no? like in, in Sanskrit they say when you turn off your face from God and you have God on the other side, so you have to, to, 
to go back, to put back your face towards God. So go back to Godhead, it means like put your attention in that direction, not necessarily. And Prabhupada took the idea from there back to Godhead, not back home. And again, home not necessarily implies a place where you have already been there. You may have your hometown. Not be, and maybe, for example, your parents are born in North Carolina and incidentally they travel to Hawaii <laughs> and, and, and you were born in Hawaii. But, I mean, and they stay there for a week or some years and they will say, well, let's go back home. They say, home what? I've never been in North Carolina, but that's your hometown. Town, no? I mean, this was only some incidental situation. No? So... <laughs> So that's a whole incident for us to be now out of home. <laughs> a long one, not a dramatic one, but... So the idea of, of, of Krishna speaking to Gopakumar about... In, this, in these terms, no, it's, it's in, in, in this direction. I mean, I would take in that direction because, again, as you know, it's not that we take one isolated verse and we say, here I have the real evidence, here it says that Krishna saying to Gopakumar, you were with me... And I say, okay, so what about these other tons of verses that say the opposite? I mean, it's not just pick the one you like the most. Rupa Goswami says that, I think, in the Lago Bhagavatamrita. He said, when you find the two, two statements in the scripture that are in conflict, or apparently are not fitting between themselves, it's not that you just can do like, uh, how do you say in English, like cherry picking, you say? Yes, yes. <laughs> like you can choose the one you like the most. Okay, this is my... No? My favorite one. You are saying this is my Siddhanta, basically. No? And actually, Siddhanta implies reconciling the opposite statements. No? I mean, there are five stages to reach Siddhanta. It's not just Siddhanta. No? <laughs> Vishaya, Samsaya, Purva Paksha, no? Sangati, Siddhanta. No? And, 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 and forgetting to Siddhanta, <laughs> you have to go through all the other topics. No? The topic is presented... Some doubts are, 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 arise there. Some counter-argument is there. You have to harmonize those things with some other statement from Scripture. You have Siddhanta. So, Siddhanta is not I pick the one I like the most. So, and there are many verses, as you already know, uh, that speak on the contrary. Uh, even from Sanatan Goswami, the author of Rehab Bhagavatamrita, what to speak of about Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, Vedanta Sutra, and so on. So, I mainly, I, I should concentrate ma mainly in the, in the mood in which Krishna is speaking to Gopakumar, because that's also described by, by Sanatana Goswami there. You know, that Sanatana came, uh, Gopakumar, sorry, came, arrived finally you know, to <laughs> go look. And Krishna was, I mean, was waiting for him. He knew about his case, if you will. He was following up the news about Gopakumar, no? like updating. No? That's also an important point. And of course, as you know, Bhagavan is absorbed in Lila, and generally no one can distract him from that. But there is a point, as Bhaktino Thakur said, when your prayers and your practice becomes imbued with full saranagati, full surrender, and what to speak, higher stages than that, Oh, that takes away the attention of Krishna from the Lila. And as you know, it's difficult to distract Krishna from the Lila. I mean, he's totally absorbed that. So, if you take the attention of Krishna out of the Lila, it actually means you are becoming part of the Lila. <laughs> I mean, he's not being distracted from the Lila, but he's putting his attention on you as, as, a, as a prospective, I don't know, how do you say in English? As a potential no, member of the Lila. Oh, no. He can. He's feeling this. Oh, he. That really fits with with where I'm feeling here. So he starts like to divide, if you will, himself in into those cases. So Gopakumar, as you know, was one of them. As you, if you read Brihad Bhagavatamrita, you really can feel the the intensity of his of his search for Krishna reality, the beautiful. <laughs> and again, Krishna reciprocates. Yatamam <clears throat> As they approach me, I reciprocate. No? So the point is, eventually Gopakumar arrives to, to, to Golok Vrindavan, and, and for Krishna it's a whole, I mean, welcome celebration. He has organized a whole 
party there for saying Gopakumara. Welcome, welcome, if you will, welcome. No? I mean, <laughs> you think you covered we, we, your mic? Sorry, Gosh. you covered your mic. I don't have. I don't have mic. Oh, okay. No, no. Of course, there is no sense of present, past, future. That's another thing. But the idea is that when Gopakumar, uh, Sanatana Goswami puts it like that, not like Krishna even says to Gopakumar, as Guru Maharaj also says, no? before you came here, I was so, uh, like, I was desiring so much your presence here, and I was following so much your situation, and every time you knock some door, and some people close their door in your face, and I was there with you, accompanying you, and feeling what you were feeling, and understanding you, fully sympathetic with your situation, and finally now you're here. Well, so, 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 so in that context, Krishna is saying all those things, no? no? You are back home, no, you left me for so much time, like, 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 chastise, lovingly chastising him, no? Like saying, how could you be far away from here for so long? I mean, it was so difficult for me to sustain my life without someone like you here for so long. I mean, that's a natural expression of Krishna uh, in the context of, of what the book is speaking about. No? Again, it's speaking about how Krishna is looking for his devotee. No? So the emphasis is how Krishna is feeling for the devotee, what speak special devotee like Gopu Kumar. So he's like like very lovingly chastising his friend because Gopu Kumar is Supriyanarma Saka. So, no, but how how could you do such a thing? How, how dare you? <laughs> How dare you to, to to not be here for already some like indirectly saying no I love you so much. Well, like, th these are also in Sanskrit we have this like uh, how do you say in English like device, no? like poetic device, grammar device called dhwani. No? Dhwani means like implied meaning. You are saying something but actually you are want, you say something else. Like if you are pujari and you have to do Mongolarity, and I say to you, uh, I say to you, Sumati, for example, Sumati, it's 5 a.m. So, actually I'm saying to you, time for, to blow the conch up. <laughs> but if I say, if I, if I say that same thing to, to some other, I say, if I say to, you know, if you have a girlfriend, I say, oh, oh it's, it's night, night is coming. So you are inviting her for a walk. But if we are thieves, and I say to you, night is coming, say we have to start job, uh, our business. <laughs> no, so the same words have a very different implied meaning. So here Krishna is saying no something, just dicing and saying, How could you dare how you dare? But actually he's saying, I love you so much, no, and I cannot live without you. And and, and that's not just like uh, nice words. No, actually Krishna is feeling like that. That, that that's it. We have to get in contact with that side of the absolute. He's really feeling like that, no? and he will. He he feels like that with every single devotee. No? He has he has that capacity. He's the Visaya Lambana Bhakti Rasa. So he has a big heart for, <laughs> for for accommodating all of us in such a emotional, loving way. So I, I will conceive all these ideas that he's saying in those terms. No, not like implying you fell from here. And you came back again. I mean, that that as we always say, that that shouldn't be speaking very nicely about Krishna, because you will say if you ah, Gopakumar could have said if not, oh, but if you love me so much, and we're missing so much. Why didn't you went to the earth and bring me back? I mean, why didn't you allow me to fall in the first place? No. <laughs> so I mean, if, if really someone can fall from Vaikuntha, it's not speaking nicely about Krishna and his Varup Shakti. I mean all that higher realm becomes immediately fallible. And Krishna, who is apparently so loving, he's allowing so many people to fall from there, and he continues with his lila as if nothing happened. Makes no sense. As when, for example, in the, in the, in the Rasa Lila, in the first chapter of the five Rasa Panchadhyaya, when Krishna plays the flute, and it is described how the gopis leave their homes, but it's also described how some gopis were not able to leave their homes. No? Some sadhana siddha gopis, specifically it's mentioned the Municharis, the Dandakaranya sages, were not able to leave. And, and sometimes the description appears to say that they died 
Yeah. Uh, because yeah. they were not able to join the other gopis and went to... So, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explains clearly, actually, they, they, they didn't die, they couldn't have died, because if the gopis would have died, the whole festival, because Rasa Lila is a Mahotsav, a great celebration, it would have been totally ruined. I mean, I mean Krishna's calling the gopis, I mean, the Rasalila didn't start yet, but it's the very beginning, the sound of the flutes. And in the, mid, in the, in the middle of that, some gopis dying at home. That's totally <laughs> rasabas. I mean, that's not, that's not in line with the celebration. So, it's the same idea. Everyone is in Golok, Krishna's playing the flute. Uh, and someone, instead of not being able to go to the flute, someone are falling from Golok here. Uh, I mean, they're just ruin, ruining the Astakaliya Lila. I mean, the whole daily dynamics in Golok become totally affected <laughs> so no there is no place we are laughing but actually it's tragic for the ones who think like that it would be tragic if that were to happen there but it's not happening but it's still tragic for someone to think like that <laughs> because they are they are they want to go to a place that those things will be happening <laughs> and it's impossible of course fortunately <laughs> but who knows where they will go because i mean <laughs> i mean so well Another thing, no? but some words about that that verse. But with time, we could search for the specific source and verse. But I'm sure that the original Sanskrit is not saying something like that. And if something like that is being said, it's a particular context and so on. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So, Karmi can ask a question now that he finished his request. My request. Sorry okay. about that. No problem. Add a multitask, you know. As, as we say from Bojana, Bojana Lila, we're eating Bojana and Bhajana. Yeah. No, Bhajana yeah. and Bojana. Bhajana. We go from Bhajana and Bhajana. All, all contradictions. <laughs> our Bojana is part of our Bhajana. Hopefully our Bhajana is part of our Bojana also. We are getting... <laughs> anyway... Uh, when I was in Vrindavan, and still current, I was kind of brought to my knees many times, and because uh, the treatment was so difficult, what I was undergoing was so difficult, and many reasons, uh, kind of social isolation, and so I would just have to, I didn't mean I didn't have to, but I saw that really my only uh, alternative was just to completely surrender everything. Said, you know, I'd like to get better, but my life and death, or happiness and distress, or health and disease, is all in your hands. So that was part of what got me through those times. And I'm reading uh, Chermar's book. Prapanaji uh, Vanambritam. Yeah. Ah, okay. I, I was not able. Sorry, yeah, I was not able to read the letter, but I suspected. Since yeah, we were yeah. speaking about Saranagati so much, it has to be done. <laughs> Yeah. But I was wondering, uh, of course it's been translated, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Jiva Goswami says that uh, Gopitrikve, or he, he translates it here as guardianship. I, you could say taking shelter of, or seeing the Lord as your maintainer. Mm -hmm. He says that all the other... Five items or six altogether, counting that one, kind of revolve around that. Mm. That one item kind of contains all the rest of them. Mm. So I'm wondering if you could make any comment on that. Okay. It's a fascinating uh, idea that surrenders the fat, the foundation of, of devotion. Mm. Well, so it's it's it, yeah. Is it is it a quote from Jiva Goswami who says that? All the remaining five features of Saranagati revolve around Gopitrikveva or uh, The remaining five symptoms of accepting the favorable, rejecting the unfavorable, faith in the Lord's protection, full self-surrender, and humility are, well, this little different wording, are natural contributing associate mm. servitors of the ideal. Okay, so so the the five there. Yeah, that's what I want to make clear because it's generally say that the the point that is in the center of the six ones, uh, it's uh, yeah, Gopri Tevaranam. Yeah. So 
I understood in my mind, I don't know why I thought you were speaking about Rakshish Shatibish Baso, but you never said Rakshish Shatibish Baso, but in my mind it was translated as such, sorry. It's Goptri Tevaranam, yeah, that's called the Swarupal action of Saranagati, or the, if you will, the intrinsic uh, feature of, of Saranagati, and all the others are called sometimes like Tatastal action, like the marginal or as byproduct like features, you know, like will come as a result of Goptritiva and now, which means accepting uh, I am being, generally speaking, at least it's translated as uh, Baranam means acceptance, and Goptritiva means uh, I am being sustained or maintained you know, by Krishna. So, well, so much, so many nice things to say. Of course, Lassimar is saying so incredible many incredible things in that particular book but for to start with Saranagati of course it's is the very basis foundation of our uh, practice of devotion Silasya Maharaj will say that devotion without uh, surrender is imitation no? so devotion is the inner life uh, sur surrender is the inner life the active principle in devotional life so that's a very uh, like substantial thing because it's very easy to think that you are engaged in bhakti but you are just missing missing the whole active principle of it in the form of surrender that's why in the famous verse of uh, where of na where novel action bhakti is being presented by Prahlad Maharaj, Shravan and Kirtan and Vishnashmaram and so on these nine practices are being listed there is a second verse after that huh? It is Punsarpita Vishnu Bhaktis Chen Navalaksha Nam Kriyeta Bhagavati Adha. Hmm? That word I want to consider, Dha Adha, which means completely. Now, the, the commentators translate Adha like completely, like we should engage in all these items, Ravana and Kirtanam, completely. And what does it mean completely? Commentators say with full surrender. No. <laughs> so, first, uh, Mm. Prahlad say what to do, but then he say how to do it then. How, how to internally approach Sravanam, Kirtanam, etc. Because externally we may be doing all those things and that may not be necessarily bhakti, or at least the type of bhakti we want to, to culture. It's a very specific form of bhakti, Uttam bhakti, as Srila Rupa Goswami prescribes in his Anyabilasita Sunyam verse, definition of our bhakti. So Saranagati is, uh, is really, <laughs> is the all in all. Sila Siamras also will say, I like so much Sila Siamras quotes on Saranagati, say, your only business is to surrender, he said once. <laughs> That's your business. So try like, as if you are a businessman and you really have to identify with your job. No, it becomes part of your identity. No? Generally, when you ask people, who are you, many people may say, if you ask Donald Trump, most probably he will say, I'm the President of the United States. He won't say, I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> he would identify himself with his business, with his service, but it's his business in, in the worst sense of the term, in this case. <laughs> but, but if you ask a devotee, who are you? I mean, we, I, I, we may say our name, whatever, but in the name it's implied Saranagati. You know? the, the das surname of the whole family implies Saranagati. You know? So, so, from of all these six angas of Saranagati, yes, Gopritwe Buranite says that it's the like the axis. Axis is in English, around which the other five items revolve, and uh, it has to do with acceptance. So, acceptance is a very, I mean, fundamental principle in life, in devotional life, because if I mean, if you do not accept something, uh, I mean, it means it's not real for you, basically. No. I mean, if you do not get to accept something in your heart, it's still some uh, theoretical conception, maybe in your mind, in your intellect, but when you really get to accept that, it's, it makes you make that part of you, it makes part of your life. It's like you accept some person in your, uh, in your life. You open your heart for that relationship, and that person starts to like, influence you, and we become—I mean, our own self starts to become 
transformed by the influence of the other person. So <laughs> you are accepting that person in your life. So in this case, I accept Krishna as my maintainer, which, uh, of course, implies her anagati in many senses, and one of the senses is that I'm not my own maintainer, because that's a, a very typical psychological uh, impulse we may have. We move in life thinking, I am the one who did, I'm, I'm, is maintaining, I'm maintaining myself. And, and we become proud in that. On the top of that, we, come, we become proud. I uh, have this big house because I work like this and earn this money, so I am the author, in other words. I put my signature down everything I do. And down, somehow if there was something, I also tried to put my signature there. <laughs> but the idea is try to see Krishna's signature ever, everywhere, behind everything. So, <clears throat> there are lots of implications on this idea of accepting I be maintained, but actually it represents the greatest relief for us. Because, I mean, that's the most comfortable situation in life to realize, I mean, I do not have to maintain myself. <laughs> Because we are struggling in life for that. I mean, struggling in life is we are trying to survive. And surviving great, in one sense, is I'm trying to maintain myself, to take care of myself. But, I mean, in one sense, it's easier to say, Krishna is my maintainer, but at the same time, it's difficult in our present condition because we are so much attached to not allow anyone else to maintain ourselves. So that's part of our, our false. Uh, for Pratista, a false sense of position, hmm? our pride. We don't want anyone to maintain ourselves. Sometimes, as we say, it's more difficult to be to receive than to give sometimes. Hmm? Because to, to receive, you have also to put yourself in a position when you feel, oh, that, that thing that I'm receiving, I'm depending on that. Hmm? I'm being maintained by that. Thomas Merton once said very nicely, uh, in, the, in, the, in the context of being a monastic in, in the hermitage, he said, all of us are being maintained by the prayers of our brothers and sisters. I mean, we have to do our practice, but <laughs> that's not all. <laughs> the bigger picture includes so many other elements that are maintaining ourselves right now. I mean, that's a very interesting exercise every single day. <laughs> To, to try to include in the bigger picture all those elements that are actually helping you now to be able to still aspiring for Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's not only my own personal sacrifice on a daily basis. That's also there. But there are so many figures and personalities that you know and many that you will never know that are praying for you and for all of us. And, and all, where, wherever is, where, I remember speaking with Guru Maharaj <laughs> some weeks ago or months ago and we were speaking about that how journalists uh, overestimated the role of the of the monastic is overestimating in nowadays society uh, no overestimated no sorry the other one underestimated <laughs> sorry I sometimes overestimated but some <laughs> but underestimated in the sense that uh, you may feel oh a monastic is not producing no we are industrial society monk not produces useless <laughs> but they're the ones, especially he was speaking about the retired monastics, the Bhajananandi type, which who are only praying, if you will. <laughs> he was saying they are, they are giving one of the main elements for all of us. They are, the whole world is being sustained by the praise of saintly people. And the whole planet Earth remains in its orbit <laughs> by the praise of the saintly people. As the Bhagavad says, when there was a very heavy load of hip hypocrisy, Bhumi herself went to Vishnu. Oh, this is too much. I cannot maintain myself. <laughs> too much hypocrisy. I need more saintlyhood. So, when saintly people is there, oh, plant earth. Rabbit is there on a superficial level, but <laughs> saints' prayers are in the deeper levels there. So, we are being maintained in so many levels that we cannot even conceive. So... It's a very healthy exercise to become aware of how we are being maintained. Of course, ultimately we may say Krishna is our maintainer because in one sense Krishna is everything from the 
a bit perspective. So, Krishna is the heir that is maintaining. <laughs> Krishna is my mother who is maintaining me by giving her breast milk when I'm a young lad. And Krishna is Guru <laughs> who is maintaining me in so many sense. So, in one sense, Krishna is maintaining me. But it's nice to to personify that idea of Krishna's maintaining me. And not only think Krishna's maintaining me and Guru comes, Vaishnavas come, I do not feel, I, I don't feel, oh, they are maintaining me. No, I should feel on a daily basis in a very concrete way, oh, how, and how even, no? how every devotee with their particular affection and inspiration and personal sacrifice, all that is keeping myself in practice because... It's, it's an easy exercise. Try to immediately uh, eliminate all the practitioners from earth and it's only you. I mean, in, I, in my case, I, I, I will, I, I'm sure I won't be able to chant one single half syllable of Mahamantra in that case. Of course, no. God doesn't allow that to happen, but the point is, we, we cannot conceive how much saintly people... What to speak of the close one, again... Saintly people from even other traditions that we will never meet in this life nor ever. <laughs> they are praying in a universal way for every soul, for the ones who are looking sincerely for... This is a nice exercise that many devotees have recommended also. For example, when one chants Japa, one of the forms that you can do it is pray for others. That's really healthy way of ego-facing, trying to transcend your own. For me, for me, I want, I need... I mean, you can do that in a proper way also, but it's nice to to include others and to reach a level of universal, as Guru Maharaj said, universal compassion. That you find yourself, oh, I'm not praying alone. If you are really praying, you will be, in that moment you will feel, all the ones who are praying in the world are joining me in this particular moment. <laughs> Prayer is the most integral and inclusive activity in the world, if you <laughs> if you it properly. I mean, everyone fits there. There is a place for everyone there, and 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 we have a place. We we were we ourselves have a place in the praise of so many others. So, it's a very crucial way to 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 realize this idea of God through Tuvaranam. Because, as you know, Krishna maintains us. Krishna gives us mercy. But how he does all that? He expresses that through Kripa Shakti, Sadhu Sangha, Guru Parampara. That's his style, his mood. His way of approaching us. So, in those in those sense, we we should feel oh, how I'm being maintained, and and well, the rest of our lives should be a testimony of how we try to reciprocate with the maintenance. Because maintenance is an ongoing affair. Now, as you know, you have your car. Car needs maintenance. <laughs> it's not so once in, in once a in your lifetime, every single day maintain. Maintain means progress, no? And Sri Yamaras always speak about this progress. We are Vaishnavs, and as I like to say, <laughs> and, and, and we worship Vishnu, or we worship Vaishnavs, as Vaishnavs. Vaishnavism is worship of Vaishnavs, but also worship of Vishnu, and Vishnu is from the Trimurti, the maintainer. So we worship the idea of maintenance. No? <laughs> In our particular line, in particular, we're Vaishnavs. So we focus special on this idea of maintenance. And as Rigu Muni showed, Vishnu is the higher of the tree in Trimurti. So maintenance is the most uh, tough task. You can begin something with some sacrifice. You can destroy something quite easily. <laughs> but to maintain what you have started in a progressive, dynamic sense, that's the most glorious and challenging of all things so and, and we are being maintained and we are a whole challenge we are a whole difficult case <laughs> to maintain that's the point <laughs> I mean, at, least I, I, at least i speak for me i'm not an easy case so <laughs> for the for the sadhus to keep maintaining myself oh they have they must have been really praying really hard for me so that's so oh, I mean, I have to become aware of that because that's a reality, because I'm being maintained. I'm alive in Krishna consciousness due to them. So, maintenance is a big challenge and it's nice that we also took that commitment you know, to maintain ourselves, extend that to others. That's what the idea of becoming a guru has, is about. You know, try to, to enter into the land of 
maintenance and sustainability. <laughs> sustainability is how to not only how to keep yourself in the in the process, but how to grow like forever in this tradition. Hmm? So some ideas regarding Gopturtuya Varnam, hmm? the, the, how Krishna is maintaining us from. I mean, and, and we will never become fully aware of how many from how many sides he's actually maintaining us. That should be, I think, that should be our idea. Actually, I do not know how how much I'm being maintained and from how many sides, because I, I'm not aware how much I'm dependent yet. I'm not fully aware of how weak I am, how vulnerable I am. So as much as we awake to that reality, we will realize more and more how much we are being maintained. And that will be so much that our faith will grow in that direction because we will confirm, oh my God, I'm being maintained from every single direction I'm looking at. <laughs> but that will be in the context of full humility because you will realize, and I need that. <laughs> Every one of those single you know, maintenance rays, if you will, that are coming to me, I'm depending on all of them. So that will increase your humility. You know, I, yesterday I received a very nice... Uh, let me close my answer with this, if you allow me. One very nice quote from, from Sila Siddhamaras also. Today he appeared in many times in our question and answer, so it's nice to also <laughs> close the answer with some words from him about this idea of which is the situation of someone who, who advances, you know, how that person subjectively is like feeling. Uh, of course, that's spoken in a particular context, of the role of the guru and the dangers of being there and how you should really posit yourself. But also speaking about the real humility and that situation and connected to this idea of I'm being maintained and in extreme humility, which is a part of Saranagati, Dhanya, how you will increase your necessity of being maintained in a deeper way. No? Because it has no limit to that. No? So he says like this, he said that the Acharya is facing two types of dangers. First of all, the first one is the partiality. Partiality implies freedom, total freedom with his disciples. Uh, this relationship is also more, more attractive to him. The second danger is to be deviated. So, deviation and partiality can cause the fall of the Acharya. These are the two enemies of the Acharya. And that person who is accepting such a position should be particularly careful with these two things. The position of an acharya is dangerous. It's full of tempting temptations. So, a strong desire, sincere, and I don't know how to say this word, indomitable? Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, like a horse that you cannot properly tame. No? So such a desire intense for the higher asp highest aspirations in Krishna consciousness is the total necessity of an acharya no? in order to maintain him herself. Because if not, he won't be able to, to maintain himself in that position. He will fall. He has converted in teacher and he will think, oh, I'm the master of everything that I'm studying. No? He will feel, I'm the... the, the the viceroy or the of the king of a particular circle, and that kingdom may take him to madness. This is a big temptation. So, if one is uh, uh, conscious enough of this fact, one uh, if one is not conscious enough of this fact, one won't be able to sustain that position. But for someone. Because for someone who has power over money and people, it's very difficult to maintain a position of servant. The, the ego of authority, the one is, which is inside of all of us, come to attack the Guru. After all, we are traveling in the land of exploitation. So, we should be very vigilant and be very careful and discerning in our uh, introspection. The general symptom of health is that as higher you go, you will feel, I'm falling. Hmm? So this method, indirect method of measuring, can be applied to measure our inner advance. Externally, you may maintain a higher, a higher position, but internally, you will always have to be feeling, Oh my Lord, 
I'm such a necessity in a needed situation. Give me more grace. I cannot maintain my position. So these are the words of Trilasi de Maharaj. No? <laughs> that for me, I have to do a lot with this idea of, no? I need maintenance. <laughs> I need total, constant maintenance from different situations. No? Yeah, I, I, for sure. I, I, I'm not sure because some devotee shared that with me yesterday in a chat. He didn't quote where, but I'm sure that that's coming from Sri Guru and his words, yeah. But it's clearly showing how you should... I mean, of course, this is a particular case, a very higher situation, but eventually we are pointing to that. We are pointing wherever you have disciples or not <laughs> to become an Acharya, someone who teaches by example, and it's a very high position. Uh, and how to maintain there? I mean, it's not an easy thing. We are struggling how to maintain now <laughs> where we are, but how to maintain there, that's another thing. <laughs> I mean, we, as much as we advance, we have to become much more careful in all the things. So, the higher Goptri Tri Baranam has to be there. All these limbs of Saranagati has to increase exponentially, especially this idea. I, I fall, I'm falling actually. I'm falling. Subjectively, you will feel I'm falling. <laughs> That's the arrangement, so you can keep remain humble and remain in a high, higher position, and and not go mad. No, so I, I liked the idea in the context of, of the idea of Gopri to Ibaranam. So, some thoughts. <laughs> I, I surrender to your explanation. <laughs> Thank you very much for all of, to all of you for your time, your presence, your questions. It's always my, uh, yes, thank you so much my pleasure. And thank, you. and thank so much to all of you for maintaining myself with your prayers and well-wishing. Hopefully I can reciprocate some or other someday. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, this is how you reciprocate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving us your association. It's very, very special. Thank you. Thanks so much and hopefully see you soon. I hope so. Yes. You're going to get back to me, right? Through this medium or, or uh, live presence also? So, let's see. Yes, as you say, you're going to get back to us about your plans for travel. Okay, okay. Next time we will speak about that in detail. Surely we'll have more news for our next call. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.